Hello, and welcome to We Speak CVE, a free podcast from the CVE program. On this podcast, we'll talk with people from the cybersecurity community about what else? Cybersecurity and vulnerability management and the CVE catalog of vulnerabilities. If you didn't know, the CVE program's mission is to identify, define, and catalog publicly disclosed cybersecurity vulnerabilities. Hello and welcome to another episode of the We Speak CVE podcast. And on this episode, we actually have some things to talk about, about things that are coming down the pipeline for the CVE program, as well as some questions that might be interesting from a CNA perspective, as well as an end user perspective as well. So I'd like to welcome Lisa Olson, who comes to us from Microsoft. And I will let Lisa introduce herself um, as much as she would like. Lisa. Hi, Kelly. Um, I'm Lisa Olson. I've been at uh, working for the Microsoft Security Response Center, MSRC, for the last eight years. I primarily keep track of of, um, wrangling all the vulnerabilities around the company that are being fixed and and setting up the Patch Tuesday release, the second Tuesday release that Microsoft has has done for the last, oh, about 20 years. Um, I've been on the CVE board since 2018, and so I really uh, enjoy everything about the CVE program and and work work on it every single day at, at Microsoft. Yeah, so, that's that's cool because um, I know that Patch Tuesday is not just a Microsoft um, issue. A lot of people just wait for that and see what comes out. So I I do not envy your work on <laughs> on that whatsoever. It is it is like herding cats uh, to try to get everybody to to be ready for 10 o'clock Tuesday morning. Okay, yeah, I mean, that's you can say patch Tuesday to almost anybody in this industry. And I've seen some people just hold their breaths. It's like (laughs) just that. So, again, you know, your your work is recognized and appreciated by a lot of us. So, a lot of other company, companies have snapped a patch Tuesday too. So a lot of a lot of companies uh, issue their security updates on that same day. Oh, so absolutely! It, and going back years and years, um, there were companies I won't name them, and they would put their stuff out on Patch Tuesday, just like Microsoft would. And at first, it started with one, then two, then four. And those of us doing the vulnerability research were just saying, please stop. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that's very cool. So there there are some things coming down the pipeline um, as far as what we call the transition working groups. Um, do you have any updates on that? Yes, um, <clears throat> the transition work transition working group is uh, just started uh, three or four weeks ago. Uh, it's co-chaired by Chris Levendis and myself. 
and we're working on a number of things. Um, the main impetus for starting this working group is that the program was able to secure cbe.org as a website. And so we're going to move from cbe.mitre.org to cbe.org, which in itself, I think, is pretty exciting. Um, but we decided there's a lot of things that are going on, and we just need to coordinate all of them. Um, right now, the way you get CBE information into the CBE corpus is through a, a pull request through GitHub. That's going to move to an API. So it'll be a lot easier for companies to, to automate this. It's hard to automate a pull request. I'm speaking from, from experience, um, that's still kind of a manual process for us. Um, we're going to change the JSON. We're going to move to a new version of the JSON, which is richer, has more information for uh, CNAs to be able to, oh, you know, you could always put in CBSS scores, but now that's going to be a little bit tighter, a little bit more organized. Um, there's a lot of more richer information that we'll be able to get in there. And um, we're basically rewriting the old website into a new website. We have a new logo. Uh, it's going to become more modern than the old website. So there's a lot of stuff going on. And we want to try to land them all this, this, um, this next three to six months. Are, are those changes all expected to hit? at one time or are they going to be on a staggered basis has there been a discussion about that and that's that's what the transition working group is trying to do is come up with a master schedule for everything to land in a way that you know is going to make sense for the program got it got it any other exciting changes um that we can talk about that people may not know about well, one part of the project is to set up dashboards for different um, different user bases. So the CNAs would have one dashboard that would show metrics of CVEs that they're responsible for, um, the ones you know, the ones that um, they need to instantiate the information. Um, there's going to be another dashboard for the secretariat, in this case, MITRE, there'd be a dashboard for the sponsors. So, and then a, a dashboard for the, for the user public in general, so that everybody can know how many CVEs are, are being assigned and, you know, generally the shape of the program with these metrics. So I think that's going to be very exciting for people. And these dashboards, they will be provided by the CVE program and not an offshoot somewhere else is that correct yes yeah yeah i mean the cbe program has all the data and we just want to make it more accessible for people i mean it sounds like a lot of things coming up and you said in the next three to six months mm -hmm. yes. and you know uh, still working on planning and transitioning which everybody knows is a very smart thing to do instead of just throwing things against the <laughs> wall and seeing what sticks. So yeah, it, it does sound like uh, the the last couple quarters or even into 2022 might be 
a pretty exciting time for the program. Um, how will that affect Microsoft, if at all? Oh, I think it'll affect us quite a bit. Um, the the big piece of the puzzle that um, has already been put in place is the ID reservation service. So it used to be um, we'd either send an email or go on the website asking, "Hey, can you give can you give us a block of CVEs?" Um, and lately, Microsoft has been getting a thousand CVEs uh, per year because we issue on average over 100 CVEs per month. So a thousand will, would get us through most of the year and maybe I would have to get some more at the end of the year. Now, the way it works is that the our case management tool just makes an API request to the, to the ID reservation service and we get blocks of CVEs 50 at a time. And so I never have to worry about asking for CVEs uh, the secretary it doesn't have to you know have somebody there waiting for my request and and manually getting a group and sending it off an email so that in itself is our is already made a huge difference for us and the next step is is that we're not going to have to issue right now we we gather up from our from our API we gather up all the information about the new CVEs bundle it together and issue a pull request through GitHub. Um, in the future, we're just, it's all gonna be built in. So as soon as we issue the CVE, it'll just automatically send that information to the API. So it's just gonna be a wonderful world, I think. A wonderful world with uh, more automation. More automation. Uh, less effort, hopefully, and uh, not over assigning or under assigning CVE IDs for a particular block. Uh, I, I can see that as a huge benefit, not just to Microsoft, but to the rest of the uh, CNA community as well. Yeah, and another part of the puzzle is to create scripts and forms so that companies that don't issue a thousand CVEs a year like Microsoft does, if a company CNA only issues you know, 10 or 20 per year, they're not going to stand up a big system of automation like we have to do so that we're going to have examples and forms so that all this stuff can be done manually as well, but using the same APIs at the back end. I mean, again, it just sounds like a. Uh, it is the transition working group. It sounds like we're going to be in a transitional time going through this and. Uh, Sounds pretty exciting to see what the results are going to be. Yes, brave new world. Brave new world. So, um, you know, another thing that we had discussed previously was some of the relationships between CNAs. And, um, you know, right now we have about, about, 180 CNAs in 31 different countries. And although they might seem like standalone entities, they do communicate on occasion. And for those who don't know what a CNA is, it's a CVE numbering authority who can provide their own information. They can assign their own CVE IDs and um, 
It's been a great part of the federated model in the CVE program. It really tends to help everybody out, especially CNAs who can better manage their own submissions through that process. But about CNA relationships, how is Microsoft handling some of those relationships? Well, I think the program sets up a community so that we can all feel comfortable reaching out and coordinating um, this information to try to, I mean, the whole, the whole goal of the program is try to make the world a safer place. And obviously these days that's, uh, that's hard to do as the um, cyber attacks get more frequent and more complicated. And so now more than ever, we really need to stick together and work to, um, you know, to fight against that. And so the CBE program has a CNA working group where the, the CNAs can all come together and, and have discussions. Um, twice a year, there's a um, summit where we all get together and spend a day or two talking. Um, I'm looking forward to the time where we can actually get back together because seeing people's faces and going out to dinner with them is, is makes a huge difference in terms of getting to know each other. Yes. Um, also, Microsoft, as you know, Microsoft is a CNA. We've been a CNA forever and ever and ever. Uh, several years ago, Microsoft acquired GitHub. And just recently, in the last year or so, GitHub has become a CNA as well. In fact, there are two different CNAs. And one is for the GitHub infrastructure and one is for all the, the companies that have repos in, that are hosted by GitHub. Uh, GitHub has set up a, a situation where they can, don't, the, the company requests to get, to create a security advisory on GitHub, and then GitHub associates the CVE and then instantiates it into the CVE corpus. And so that's a really handy thing. Just um, the other day, I was working with a company, I mean, with a group within Microsoft um, that had an open source uh, repo on GitHub and they had a vulnerability. They just happened to come to me after patch, right after Patch Tuesday and the next one was weeks away, but they wanted to move faster than that. They didn't want to wait for the next Patch Tuesday. And Microsoft's customers sort of depend on, on that uh, monthly cadence so they don't have to oh, yeah. worry about things every single day, right? And so we were able to work with our GitHub partners. So GitHub would, would issue the advisory and the CVE for that open source. And so... So it worked out really well for everybody. Yeah, um, and that's that's what we were talking about before is uh, the people who hold their breath on the Monday before patch Tuesday because they're ready for it. Yeah, and if Microsoft issues a CVE out of band, then they, ugh, something must really be bad, right, if they're going to issue something out of band. And right. so the the program and, and the different CNAs will give everybody's more flexibility to make to make it better for our customers and the the other relationships i really value with other cnas is with the researcher community 
So, for example, ZDI or Cisco Talus, uh, we have good relationships with them. And, and because of the framework of the CVE program, we can really work together to make it make sense for the customers and communicate. Whereas some, you know, think about 20 years ago when the research community and the, the vendor community were, was really adversarial toward each other. Um, oh, yes. <laughs> the, the program sets it up so we don't have to be adversaries, right? We can, we can work together to, to solve big problems. Yeah, I, I remember those adversarial days, and it was like pulling teeth to get anybody to agree on anything. And it, it's good to hear that some of the work uh, going in to those CNA relationships that then extend out into the CNA community is also beneficial. Yeah, you know, I at the last CNA summit that was in North Carolina, that wasn't that was not virtual. Um, you know, I had I had good conversations with both people at at Talos and um, ZDI, and so it just really it's it's a community based on trust, and and we can help each other. So um, a question I'm wondering is. Does Microsoft actually just do meetings or whatever you might call them um, individually with the CNAs? You mentioned GitHub and uh, Cisco Talos and ZDI. Do they ever group together like in a group meeting or roundtable because Microsoft obviously um, has these relationships, but has that fostered yet into a discussion between the other CNAs? Sometimes, yeah. I mean, if you think of uh, big bad things like um, Spectre Meltdown, right? Yeah. Yeah. We we all work together, and and. Um, we knew about it. Microsoft and Google and and lots of big companies knew about it. You know, six months prior to it going public, um, we worked behind the scenes because we knew it was a very complicated set of issues. We worked behind the scenes to try to get organized and and um, ready to disclose it to the world. And so. Uh, that was that was definitely cross industry communication about stuff you know trying to trying to organize it before the world has to deal with this this knowledge right yeah meltdown inspector were pretty uh pretty big i'm i'm not sure if i would say game changing but yes it it was big and knowing that a lot of the cnas were cross communicating becomes apparent with things that you may see in the media or in in the CVE disclosures themselves. Um, so do you have anything else that you might want to speak to on the CNA relationship issue or just the CNA program as a whole? 
Um, well, I, I just really am a big supporter of, of the program and the direction that it's going. I mean, it's had its hiccups in the past, right? That, I mean, it took a long time for it to gain traction, but now it really has. And, and the whole program is committed to the automation piece so that, um, you know, people can't say, oh, you know, I, I wanted to get a group of CBEs and it took a week. And, and that sort of was 10 years, 10 years ago news. And, and sometimes the program still has sort of a bad name, but we're all working together to really bring it into the, you know, the 21st century so that everything is automated, everything is, is works like clockwork. And the number of CNAs obviously is, and is growing. Um, and the number of countries involved is growing. And so it's just, we have to step up and, and work on the program to make it so this growth is acceptable and good. But I yeah. think everybody's working on it. So I think it's great. Oh, I agree. And uh, we, we had a short talk right before this podcast. And um, I asked our producer, Joe Bezar, and I said, okay, so we have about 170 CNAs. And she laughed. And she was like, no, we're, we're at 180 now. I'm like, I missed that memo somewhere. <laughs> so we are working hard to grow the program. Um, 31 countries, 180 CNAs within the federated model for the program. Uh, Lisa, anything else that you would you would like to add? to the conversation? I don't think so. I just really appreciate you giving me the opportunity to, to talk about this. It's one of my favorite topics. I can understand that completely. So that's going to be it for this episode of We Speak CVE. Thank you to everybody who listened in, and we will catch you on the next one. Thank you for joining us today on the We Speak CVE podcast, which is available for free on Buzzsprout and the CVE website. If you'd like to participate or suggest a topic, please contact us on the CVE website.